Hey everyone, Sean and Dave here from Saturday Morning Cartoons. We need to thank the following amazing people for going to our Patreon account and supporting this show. So a huge thank you to Jack Connolly, Derek Haynes, Alex Kazanis, Jarmaine Myrick, Carson Clark, Allison Keane, Dr. Jason Woods, the wonderful Melanie Harker, the incomparable Sean Paul Ellis. Oh, and the phenomenal David Trumbor. Uh, thank you so much. Now, you guys might wonder why we are thanking ourselves and some familiar names of the podcast. It's because we want you to know that we not only appreciate your uh, donations to the podcast here, but we are actually putting in our hard-earned dollars as well. So to give you guys an idea of what you can actually get for some of these monthly contributions through Patreon, if you can't contribute any money whatsoever, we would love it if you guys would just visit patreon.com slash Saturday Morning Cartoons, remember that's morning with a U, and just share that link out among your social media uh, pages. That would help us out a lot and just get the word out there. If you do want to kick in a couple of bucks, you get some cool stuff back in return. So you may not know that we send out a monthly newsletter that not only tells people about upcoming news that we have going on, We've definitely got some cool stuff coming in the next couple of months here for you. But we'll also announce the upcoming list of shows that we're going to be covering. So if there's a cartoon out there that you actually like, you're going to get to hear about it in the monthly newsletter. Other than that, you also get special uh, thank yous in the newsletter. You get a special shout out like this one right here in each and every episode. You can get early access to weekly episodes, and you can also get access to our special behind-the-scenes rambling between Sean and myself. Oh, boy. Yeah, there's some gems in there, so you're going to want to check that out. Again, head on over to patreon.com slash Cartoons to do so, and thank you so much to everyone who is a current patron. Thank you to our patrons. Thank you so much for listening. And now, on with the show. Hello and welcome to Saturday Morning Cartoons, the weekly podcast that revisits, reviews, and ridicules some of the world's weirdest animated series. Coming to you from the frozen north, I'll be your coconut, Dave Trumbor. Joining me as always, a friend to every woodland creature, <laughs> it's Sean Paul Ellis. How's it going, bud? Oh, David, 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 I'm doing well, buddy. How about That's yourself? That's it, I'm not, not doing that anymore because no. I'm going to offend no an entire country. People are going to mm. stop listening to me. And people who don't even live in Canada are going to be like, that is a terrible Canadian accent. Please never do are this again. Are you kidding me? They, they would probably be like, oh, look, we're really sorry that you don't know how to do it. Why don't we come down? We'll do a quick tutorial. We'll do a quick, we'll workshop this out with you and make sure you got it. So there you go. I think my problem is that it's one of those accents where I, I haven't been around enough to know, you know, the traits, the anything that's not stereotyped. I haven't been around it enough to like, pull it off fairly well, but it also is close enough to other accents that I just will slip into them. So like it'll it'll go over the North Pole and end up somewhere in like the Nordic countries and I'll sound like the Swedish chef all of a sudden. Or it'll just <laughs> it'll just turn into like Bobby Generic from Bobby's world. And oh, you know, it'll go Min- yeah. it'll go Fargo, it'll go Minnesotan on them. So I don't I don't think I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna stick with uh, eastern Pennsylvania, West Jersey, Philadelphia. I'm gonna stick with that. Fair enough, man. Look, I'll say this. Uh, the last couple of years, uh, I have been very grateful that I have made some friends up in Canada oh, yeah. while traveling and doing improv. And so uh, Carson, Gina, Jenna, and Pete um, have been constant sources of uh, entertainment every time that we get together. And I have this chance to, to listen to them speak because it really, it really is no different from how we talk. Mm. And then suddenly they'll be like, one single isolated word 
And it just sets that flag off of, oh my God, it's usually I like love the O or the U you or something that. in there it, that it's just like, ah. Mm. I'll be honest with you, it's majestic to listen it to. Is. It's a I would listen to it's it. It's a beautiful musical language. I would listen to it every day. They are peaches and starshine gumdrops to be able to interact with. So it's my favorite flavor of Canadian <laughs> brand ice cream. I don't know what Canadian ice cream <laughs> brands are. I apologize. Uh, Why are we talking it. about Canada tonight? What's going on? This is a weird uh, man, tangent. Well, this is bizarre because we are spending the entire month talking about Canada as well as also some Canadian cartoons. We've had some recommendations from some listeners. Right. We've had some people who have said and mentioned in passing and some friends. Uh, maybe we'll even have some Canadians on the show Real this live month. Canadians? Real live Canadians. Wow. No, no joke, you hosers. So we are gearing up for an entire, <laughs> uh, an entire month of actually talking about this. But tonight... We are talking about a cartoon that's called The Raccoon. And this one was suggested to us by a pair of folks who I don't believe are Canadian. At least one of them I know isn't. I'm not sure about the other one. <laughs> you guys let are us you know. Are outing somebody on the Canadian I'd hate to out a Canadian if they didn't want to be, but no, I think Aww. they're fine with that. But no, this, this uh, cartoon tonight, which Sean's going to get into in a second, suggested by both Oleg, our buddy Oleg, and Andrew McCloyd. So thank you guys very much for the suggestion and for giving us the idea to get into Canadian Cartoon Month. Uh, which should be a lot of fun. We've got some crazy stuff lined up. And the, one of the reasons that we did this, uh, not to continue in our international cartoons segment, uh, thank you, North Korea, for not allowing us to monetize our, <laughs> our video talking yeah. about your cartoons. What is your deal, North Korea? Come on. That, you know what? Straw that breaks the camel's back right there. I was cool with North <laughs> Korea right up until that point. And that's, sorry, guys. Just got to cut Done. it. Done. Uh, what was the other reason that I want to talk about the cartoon? Oh, because we haven't seen them before. <laughs> that's the main reason. Not to lump them in with North Korea, but because I haven't seen these cartoons before. Sure. No, and that makes sense. So let's, let's get into yep. the, the raccoons or the raccoons, yep. uh, which will inevitably shift over the course of this, this podcast. So buckle up, everybody. Make a drinking game out of it if you'd like. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> we cannot be held liable for that. So. Right? Right? I don't know how the law works. No, probably fine. Ooh, speaking of a spoiler alert for you law fiends out there. We are going to get into some copyright law discussion by the end of tonight's episode. <laughs> <laughs> so stick with us for that fun nugget. Uh, do we need to? Uh, brief. But let's it's do brief, it. but it's a fun story, I think. Or at least I think it's fun, sure. which means nobody else will. But go ahead. No. Enjoyable. So The Raccoons is a Canadian animated series which was originally broadcast from 1985 to 1992. The franchise was created by Kevin Gillis with the cooperation of the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation and Disney Channel. Uh, the Raccoons franchise was originally conceived in the 1970s uh, and the production of the christmas raccoons began in 1979 and was completed in 1980 the special was a huge hit and resulted in three more specials the raccoons on ice the raccoons and the lost star the raccoons let's dance in the united states the show was run on the disney channel from 1985 to 1992 in canada it was shown on cbc on monday evenings and later in a block consisting of the Wonderful World of Disney, and Fraggle Rock. Now, the question for our Canadian listeners out there, and I mean this quite seriously, uh, we're obviously Saturday morning cartoons because that was what we were used to here. You wake up Saturday morning early, get your cereal, still wearing your PJs, and just plop yourself down in front of the TV for hours. Saturday morning cartoons. It's weird that this was on Monday evenings. Is that like a normal thing? Do you guys have Monday evening cartoons? We had like Monday night football and Monday night raw <laughs> wrestling growing up. <laughs> Did you have Monday evening <laughs> cartoons? Because that sounds sweet. 
and I like it. Yeah. But I want to know if that's a no, thing I mean, or if that's just this schedule. Guys, we're legitimately curious, so please fill us in on this, because this is mystifying to us right now. I don't know much oh, outside of the American borders. I'm not a, I'm not a well-traveled man. So can I, can I venture to say then, based on that last statement, mm-hmm. that you have no exposure, had no exposure to uh, the raccoons? I, I, keep, I, I have always said raccoons, Up until tonight. but now and tonight I'm saying raccoons, and I have no idea and what's I'm trying not to laugh like. every single time he says it. He just says it a half a dozen times or more. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say raccoons. Okay. It's going to mesh into one weird combination of both ways of saying it, and it's just, it's just going to sound weird, so just hang in there. Um, I had no... I can't remember if I've ever seen this cartoon, but at the same time, it says it was on the Disney Channel for like seven years in the late 80s, early 90s, so I feel like I had to have seen it at some point. But it's also just like a furry woodland creature wearing like a, like a sweater. So there are very many cartoons that are like that, so I don't know if I'm lumping them all together. Or if I actually did see this, but I don't remember ever like actually watching it, watching it, like sit, sitting down to watch this. I may have seen it in passing. What about you? Okay. No, I actually do. And, really? and it's been long enough where I, I really forgot anything about this cartoon whatsoever. And then clicking on the link to be able to pull this up and, and watch everything tonight, uh, some of the characters immediately jump back into my mind. And I was like, oh my God, I can't believe that it, this is that cartoon. Like, it, it really had a very bizarre nostalgic moment from, or I had a very bizarre nostalgia moment where watching it, I was suddenly just like, I, I know, I've seen these characters. Mm. I know this. Like, and I immediately started, like, reading, you know, uh, as much as I could, uh, looking over our, our notes that we put together to just be like, what is going on here? Like, how have I blanked out on this cartoon for so long? And now it's all coming back. See, but that's, me, so. that's one of the reasons that we do this show um, and have been doing it for 168 episodes now is because that moment, like literally most of it is because of that moment. It's not the, it's not the like ludicrous amount of money that we make from doing this podcast. I'm doing it for the fame and the glamour, I mean, buddy. You know, but uh, <laughs> no, it's definitely. The, I'm, like, in, I'm in this for Je- I'm in this for the same reason that Jem does stuff. That Jem does stuff. Okay. To protect, <laughs> to protect a, a mansion full of orphans is why we do yeah, this so- podcast. <laughs> Uh, and make sweet music. Um, no, it's for that hit of nostalgia, that moment of recognition. And one of the reasons we like to do the podcast is because we get to communicate with people who either stumble upon the show or are regular listeners and are just like, oh yeah, I remember that cartoon. Or they have that moment of recognition. And if you're, if you're face-to-face with somebody, you can see it. And it's a cool moment to like experience with somebody when you're talking about these cartoons. And now that we've done 168 of them, that moment happens more and more because we're talking about crazier and crazier cartoons. But oh, man, to, to give you, you guys out there the spark of recognition for the raccoons tonight, which we're talking about, here's the synopsis, right? So the series revolves around Bert Raccoon and his friends and roommates, the married couple Ralph and Melissa Raccoon. The series mostly involved the trio's efforts against the industrialist forces of greedy aardvark, millionaire Cyril Sneer, who tries to destroy the forest for a quick buck. Now we're going to come back to that word aardvark, aardvark. A, because I can't pronounce it, and B, because I did not know that that's what Cyril was until the end of this first episode. Oh, boy. However, the raccoons save their forest from Cyril's schemes with help from their forest friends, including Schaefer, a gentle sheepdog, Cedric, Cyril's college graduate son, and Sophia Tutu, Cedric's girlfriend. Uh, Lessons featured in the series included environmentalism, uh, friendship, and teamwork, because it was the 80s and that's what you did. So if that triggers any like hits of nostalgia or, or memories for you guys, just let us know. Give us a heads up and be like, oh yeah, now I remember that. 
But if that didn't do it, the theme song probably will. So what are your first uh, reactions to this theme song? So one, I want to say that watching this, this first episode tonight, uh, which is called Surprise uh, Attack. Yes. Uh, aggressive start. There is the raccoons. Yeah, the aggressive start. Because there is a, a 20 second kind of rough smash uh, montage that they have where it's, I guess, what they consider to be like highlights or cliffhangers a, from the episode. It was a weird like pre-trailer. Like if you guys have watched movie trailers in the last year or so, you know that there's this weird trend where in order to get your attention, they show you like a three to five second cut of super cool clips and characters you want to see and like just a hit of that music and just to be like Avengers. And you're like, oh, it's the Avengers trailer, which is why I clicked on the thing that said Avengers trailer. Avengers trailer. And then they get into it. So you have like a five second bump where it's like a mini pre-trailer and then they get into it. This show did that, which was weird. It was like a highlight clip show for a series you've never seen before because this was the first episode. I love the fact, too, that this was something that uh, we had uh, Cedric, the, this character, he's like, well, wait, let me explain. And then it just immediately cuts. And you're like, what? It, it was a little off-putting at first because I did not have any context coming into yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of crazy to drop you in on that. And so it was a, it was a very kind of a weird uh, moment to, to kind of drop somebody in for the unindoctrinated to just be like, these are all the things, and I, <laughs> yeah. I, okay, cool. And you get a, you, at the same time, though, it was interesting to kind of get like a, a quick 20-minute overview of probably what I was about to watch, which was kind of interesting, because then all of a sudden, you get this like very serene setting. 20 seconds? Bur- it was only 20 seconds. Oh, because you said 20 minute, and I was like, holy crap, I don't remember. Oh my God, no. That. that was like a documentary <laughs> behind the scenes on the raccoons. Man, that would be terrible. I, I will say this, though. Maybe because this was actually under what I think is like the official raccoon's uh, account or whoever is in charge of them. Maybe it was like a cut that they added later. So it was like, well, we're going to put this online because it's the only episode they put online. Everything else is uploaded by other folks. Um, maybe they put a highlight reel together and this wasn't how it originally aired. Yeah, I'd be very curious to know that. Or it was... maybe you're right. Maybe that's how it was because they had three specials, four total specials, I think, before that. So people already did have like an introduction to these characters in that world. And, so. and it was already successful. Yeah, exactly. so... so maybe that's all it was. Right. Canadians, let us know. Yeah, please. Uh, so it's, it's curious then for this sort of cliffhanging moment where we have Cedric saying like, no, let me explain that we suddenly have this like very serene uh, forest setting. Mm. We've got some birds chirping. If you just close your eyes and just kind of relax and let it, let it take you to the great white north nice. and just relax. And so you get this narrator who's like, this is evergreen forest, quiet, peaceful, and serene until Bert wakes up. And then, <laughs> and then it is just Bert uh, raccoons. Uh, I can't, I'm going to screw this up every time. Uh, it is uh, Bert Raccoons. It is just him making inventions, flying over top of stuff, smashing into things, and then having people catch him as he's falling from trees, And which it serves as kind of a nice quick introduction to a lot of the characters that are there. Yep. I, will, I will give them a little bit of a knock because you get a whole bunch of characters that are in here. You at least understand what their intentions are, sort of if they're on the side of good or evil. Yeah, pretty but, easily. Yeah. Yeah. 
especially because you can tell for evil, it's that they're playing a video game and the video game is just to walk over trees. It's like, it's like, like Space like, Invaders, but you're eating trees and crapping out money, <laughs> essentially. Yep, it's perfect. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, I'll buy that on PlayStation as soon as it comes out. I play yeah. it in real life. <laughs> That's right. I, I want to know that game. I want to, we sidebar, I want to talk about that mm-hmm. game then afterwards. It's not, so. it's just a hobby. I just go out and chew on trees and people pay me to do it. I don't know why that's weird no. to you. No, not weird yeah. at all. I'm just, I'm kind of curious. Just want to make sure I don't overlap with some of the trees I've been got chewing it, on. It. So there's plenty of trees yeah. to go around for now. Yeah. <laughs> but we get this sense of, of who's good, who's evil. We don't get a roll call, which is a little bit challenging bec- uh, with the exception of Bert. Right. Um, you know, but it kind of, uh, it kind of all wraps up i mean we do get the fact that they do say uh cyril um sneer mm-hmm. so they do mention him saying that you know life would be simple except for cyril sneer uh and then it sort of kind of wraps up with this like kind of culmination where it's just like you know but then it wouldn't be the raccoons and you're just like okay cool it, it was kind of cool how they did it because they're like here's the serene forest and here's the main character and then here's the bad guy and they're like, the raccoons, oh my god, I did it again. The raccoons <laughs> would have a great, it's weird. So here's the setup. This peaceful, serene forest would stay that way, if not for Bert Raccoon. The raccoons would have a great life in this peaceful, serene forest, if not for evil guy Cyril Sneer. Cyril Sneer would have an easy time eating trees and crapping out money if it wasn't for the raccoons. And that's the how raccoons. they end the whole thing. So it's kind of a nice little little jump from one section to the next. However. Right. What I'm going to knock it for, this is a terrible way to set up the main character protagonist for your show. Because they like, they're like, here's Canada, it's great, we're in these evergreen pine forests, and everything's beautiful and serene, and there's animals everywhere, and everything's perfect, and oh, and then here's this asshole, when he wakes up, everything goes to shit, and it's like, I don't, I don't like this guy, like, I instantly don't like this guy. He's like a Dennis the Menace, he's like a, now that I'm old, oh, and I'm, I'm yeah. the get off my lawn kind of guy. I, I, I couldn't stand this guy. He'd be the type that I'd go out to like the middle of nowhere to go camping to get away from people. And this a-hole would wake up in the middle of the night and just start like banging <laughs> pots and pans around and playing the trumpet. Of course I'm not going to like him. But everybody else, in the, everybody else in the show, like all his friends, because they're very helpful and like decent people, I like them. So they set it up for me to like the supporting characters. And then we also get a glimpse of Cyril Sneer, who has like a very Scrooge McDuck kind of... Oh my fetish God. or whatever you want to call Scrooge it McDuck. yes uh, i like the reveal of it and i watched that a couple times how they like he's like back in his lair which is in this massive mansion so they pull the doors back open on the mansion which opens into his like money pit treasure hold which the vault door then opens from that and it reveals him at like his control thing where he's playing the space invaders game so i actually really like that reveal but tell me this when you got your first glimpse of both cedric and cyril or cyril and cedric and Sophie, did you know that they were aardvarks? Uh, I thought antelope or ant, like a or like an anteater. Well, ant eater, an man, not definitely an ant-eater. not antelope, but anteater. Yeah, aardvark. definitely not antelope. Yeah. Sean was just going down yeah. the animal encyclopedia and was like, antelope, oh man, I've just got a ant-eater. whole list. Of ants. He looked like an he ant. Like an ant. <laughs> they look. They just look like aliens to me. I just thought they were weird alien creatures. So I didn't know if yeah. getting into this thing, it was going to be like alien invasion. They were trying to take over natural resources. Remember, I'm coming at this from an 80s, 90s American kid mental state, right? So everything's got to be like sure. explosions and invasions and death and fire and all. I don't expect pink aardvarks. Well, it's also consistency sake as we're, we're looking at some of these characters and, and sort of the how they are portrayed. 
you know, we have we have all of these uh, raccoons, and then we have uh, a dog, and so, but like some of them have clothes, some of them don't. Yeah, some of them and are. Everything some looks of them like speak it's, English. Some of them make animal noises. Right, so. and it, it seems like for for lack of of better understanding that like some people are more along the lines of what we feel that those animals should look and behave like. And then suddenly you have these naked pink aardvarks. <laughs> like I say aardvarks in like air yeah. quotes, you have these naked pink aardvarks and, and they don't really kind of talk about that. And then and you find that I'm assuming that uh, Sophia was also an she aardvark was. as well. That other character, but she's got like bright blue hair. And so I, there was just, Moments of this where, I, I don't know, I was just a little bit confused about what that character design choice was. I didn't hate it. It, it was but... fine, but it wasn't clearly aardvark. And what a weird character to yeah. pick on. Like, what a weird species to pick on, I guess, for this. Like, oh, I guess aardvarks are anti-environmental industrialists. Like, ah, all right. It's weird, but okay. Go with that. I mean, but are, yeah, I, I'm just, I'm trying to think, like, well, wasn't, wasn't how Arthur, detrimental. Remember Arthur, the PBS cartoon? Yeah. Wasn't he an aardvark? Sure. Yeah, he looks right? nothing like these characters. These characters look like like a like a smaller version of like Snuffleupagus, right? So it looks like a they got like a floppy, crooked nose. And actually, a lot of these characters, regardless of their species, are drawn with this weird, crooked nose. Crooked nose. And I think it's just like the the animation style, which is a good segue into animation style. So let's do it. So so real quick, just to uh, tie off the song, there was no there was an instrumental song that kind of went under this narration. But there wasn't anything memorable really about it. It was just kind of like a nice song to go along with the, the forest background and the character introduction and kind of like scrolling through it. But it wasn't anything super memorable. No, I agree. Yeah. It was very peaceful. Yeah, it was nice. Until that was it. Bert, that asshole, woke up. Until Bert wakes, wakes up. Uh, he, honestly, for me, he's God. the weakest part of this whole thing. But we'll get to him in a second. All right. Animation Ooh. style. Animation style. What are your thoughts on this? So I thought that this was sort of uh, an amalgamate of Disney's Wuzzles. Interesting. I don't know if you yep. remember Wuzzles. Yep. Uh, and because of the crooked noses, it reminded me significantly of the Snorks. Yeah. I mean, you could pull from a lot of Snorks and Wuzzles is a great one. I, it, for whatever reason, reminded me of Widget and Fantastic Max. Now, Fantastic Max came a couple okay. of years later, but he, they had some weird side... That cartoon, which we have to get into at some point, was about this like space traveling baby. He wore a diaper the whole time. Space traveling baby who had like a weird alien creature who looked like the aardvark, which is I think why it reminded me of that. And okay. this like man, like like kind of a robot man, but he was made out of like wooden blocks. Just something about the style of it, the the sort of fairly simplistic but not crude. Simple but not crude. It it had that same kind of feel to it. But at the same time, like, yeah, if you look at the raccoons, they look like raccoons. If you look at the aardvarks, I don't know what's going on there. So, right. Uh, and you think about all the, the different, because at some point we have um, one of the episodes that I watched tonight. They have Bert delivering newspapers to a lot of the woodland creatures. Okay. And so these woodland creatures are like if you're thinking of a rabbit like if you are picturing a rabbit in your brain right now that's what they look like that's what an owl and a bird it all fell in line with what our preconceived notions of those specific animals were and get, so they look like actual animals. right and they were behaving okay. as animals would granted they were except for the getting the newspaper except for yeah getting and reading a newspaper <laughs> okay and being really enthralled with it but at the same I mean, time as far as we know they might do that I just who, don't know. who knows we're not privy to that 
Was that an owl joke? That was not, but then I wanted it to become Nicely one. Done. Nicely done. <laughs> who knows? So, who knows? Yeah, but it's just a, so a lot of the, you know, it's just for this character design, I, you know, I picked Wuzzles actually because when I went back and looked at it, it was the first thing that popped in my mind. And I did yeah. not realize that it was actually uh, when this series or the, the raccoons came out, this was a contemporary. They both came out in 1985. And okay, so that makes sense. Uh, but just anthropomorphic creatures that had a that were that were well drawn i wouldn't say like there wasn't anything expert about them but there certainly wasn't anything crude uh a lot of uh you know again a lot of like heavy kind of lines just to outline the the specific parts of the the character design themselves uh i will say the uh complex color palette that i really enjoyed in some of the, the the episodes that we watched tonight um, which kind of made me think of the Wuzzles as well, because they were very brightly mm. colored, very, uh, very bold primary colors that were on this. I would say even the character design was fun with this, but sometimes the background, the backgrounds that they had for this, I really enjoyed, especially uh, towards the okay, end of good. this first episode. I wasn't episode. sure which way you were going to go. Yeah, yeah. When, when, when we get into Sneer's mansion, uh, a lot of the, the chase scenes and a lot of the things that they have in there, like they're all very well detailed. They're all very well shaded and drawn. And like for me, I, I was expecting it to be something where you know, it was just kind of filler in the background, but like, there actually right. looked like there was some decent attention to detail. So I really did appreciate that. I'm glad you said that because that was the main, the main thing that stood out to me was the backgrounds. Whether you're in the forest and you have like the really finely detailed like pine trees and everything that that's behind them or they're out at the lake. That lake shot was really cool yeah. to, open the, uh, to open the episode with, the first episode. Because it has like, it's very like peaceful, serene, kind of like sunrise over this lake. There's like mist. And, and like an early morning mist kind of creeping across from the side. It was really nice. Yeah. yeah. I, I want to put a dog ear uh, in the, the page of, of this conversation to go okay. back and talk about that opening uh, fishing scene. Um, okay. When we actually get into uh, some of the episode discussion, because it's it sure. freaked me out a lot. It freaked you out. Freaked me Interesting. out. I'm, freaked me I'm out significantly knowing what we know about this, this ecosystem and the animals that are within it. Yeah, okay, I had that moment, too, where I was just like, what is the <laughs> what? food chain here? But, uh, but I'll allow just like it. fishing to hang out with their buddies, but yeah, we'll talk about that in a second. Was that a fish joke? Um, uh, no, like literally, like, literally, are they just fishing to okay. like, pull their buddies up from the water and just be like, oh, hey, Frank. Got it, got it, got it. Um, You're off the hook on that one. Uh, <laughs> terrible setup. <laughs> Swam right into that one. Yikes. Uh, but no, I really did enjoy the background. So the, the natural settings versus the very um, cluttered, but like, like treasure-filled Scrooge McDuckian kind of mansion that they had. Yeah. Really interesting settings and, and backgrounds. And that was really cool. That stood out to me. So just it speaks to the quality of the production, I think. Yeah, absolutely. But we've already, we've already kind of walked around some of the characters here, so we might as well get into them. Let's dig into them. Who do you want to start with? Because if we have to start with Bert, fine, but I prefer not Yeah, to. yeah. I mean, we've already talked about uh, Cyril and uh, Cedric, who are the, the two aardvarks that we have for this. Uh, just the, the fact that their, their design um, is, is very unique. They are like, well, it seems like Cyril is sort of almost kind of like a purplish gray kind of yeah it's they're kind of they're kind of pinkish but yeah. sometimes they drift a little bit so but then we have yeah. we have cedric Pinky who is his son of. who's like a very like distinct pink yes yeah he's definitely more of a pink uh, than his dad which is a weird thing to say he's also got the he has glasses right right correct kid have glasses so like they, they distinguish him fairly well and also cyril who's like the main villain he looks like 
I can't remember the guy's name, but the, the kind of main antagonist from An American Tale. So the spoiler alert for a 30-something-year-old movie, um, <laughs> he looks like a rat, and he's always smoking a cigar, and he's always got kind of like a rough look to him, but it turns out he's a cat in disguise the whole time. Oh. But he's always got this kind of like, like ruffled, kind of dirty, kind of rough appearance to him, and he's always kind of like a little crinkled at the edges and a little like crusty with age and time. He's a, he's a crusty character. Yeah. And that's kind of what Cyril looks like. He's literally walking around with a cigar. He's got a gold tooth, which is the same uh, as that rat character. Nice. And he kind of just, he just has that crusty, gross appearance to him. So I like that. I like that attention to detail. And the voice helped. Right. You know. Uh, I, I guess, you know, it was weird because we, we've mentioned, uh, we have mentioned these, these two aardvark characters, but we have this third aardvark character uh, who actually is Again, I know that we mentioned that sort of in terms of the character design and the animation that like the the colors kind of shift a little bit for uh, for uh, for Cyril, but for Cedric and for Sophia Tutu, who is Cedric's girlfriend, uh, yeah. who oddly enough, like every time I look at a picture of her, I definitely see Zoe Deschanel. <laughs> well, if they ever make the live action version uh, of this, like no shit, it's I a keep bit of a stretch. Every time I like, if you look up and Google Sophia Tutu, T U T U, one of the first images that comes up, if you tell me that that does not look like the spitting image of Zoe Deschanel from A New Girl, uh, I'll be blown away, man. Like it, it freaks me out a little bit. I'm just like, why does she? I, why is I she manic pixie dream girling? Which I mean, I guess that's what it is. Yeah. But the, the interesting thing about interesting thing about Sophia not only was she phased out later on in the show so I don't know what happens to her but they don't other than that brief introduction there's nothing to suggest that her and Cyril are or sorry whoa her and Cedric oh maybe that's why they Cyril, phased her out real messed up yeah, yeah. Uh, but they're like shown holding hands early in that intro but then in this entire episode like they're not really together yeah She's actually hanging out with Bert. I thought there was like a cross species thing going on. Bert and Sophia were hanging out. I'm like, okay, that's cool. Yeah, there Whatever. were there were multiple times where it was just the two of them alone together and Yeah, tooting on the trumpet and flying balloons. Wait, what? Oh, okay. As oh, the kids do. Tooting on the trumpet. I am, I was <laughs> it took me two These seconds. Are literal to be like, things. They're what? not euphemisms. Yeah, like, I was like, literally. what is that euphemism? Because nope. I've never literal heard things. No, nope, literal things. That's hundred percent correct. Uh we have uh we have some of the other uh raccoons. Um we have like uh what what is it uh I feel bad uh, Ralph and I missed uh, Ralph and Melissa Ralph and Melissa but they don't for me they didn't really like stand they didn't separate themselves out really in this episode I mean and they don't in this first episode I will say that yeah. they have some time to shine in this uh, in the second episode that I watched tonight they are definitely okay. given some some interesting opportunities uh, okay. to really highlight their skills and and sort of their their interests and so. That was rewarding to be able to watch a little bit more about them. The only thing they kind of do in the beginning is they kind of, they're like enablers for Bert to just be like kind of a lazy slacker. He's like an early slacker raccoon. Yeah. I mean, it's also very yeah. interesting too, because uh, as we've mentioned, this Ralph and Melissa uh, mm -hmm. raccoon are married and they yep. are living together and they yep. just kind of have this third wheel Bert who just hangs around and lives at the place. It's like, it's like three's company. Yeah, except but with they weren't raccoons and less sexual overtones. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Except I don't think anybody was married in Three's Company. No. no. You okay. know, I never got as a kid that Jack was pretending to be gay because that was the only way the landlord would allow him to live with the two girls. Oh really? Apparently, that's like that was the whole shtick of the yeah, show. Yeah. That, mm -hmm. that like because they lived in L.A. 
and they needed to like save money, right? So they needed to live there, but the rule was like for whatever reason that a man there couldn't be mixed couples or whatever unless you were married. I don't know. That that never connected for me when I was a kid. I thought it was just being weird. <laughs> I had no clue. Nobody oh, ever right. explained it to me. Man, but could you imagine if they if it was Three's company up in Canada? They would be everybody would be totally cool with it and yeah, all totally those characters cool. would have universal health care. Yeah. Man. And they just go rummage for trash down by the stream. <laughs> yeah, right. Wait, we're t- are we back on raccoons? Yeah, we're back on raccoons. Oh, we're back on raccoons. Okay, <laughs> I love that they live in the raccoon dominium. <laughs> it is a raccoon dominium. Yep. Not making that up. That's in the notes. <laughs> I know. It's fantastic. What I don't get is why they why they live with Slacker Bert. He se- he seems like he has some sort of mm, how shall I put this nicely? Raccoon disabilities. He he's got his faculties aren't all there. A little off. I'll say this: the thing that I think I identified with Bert's character is that he's a dreamer. Mm-hmm. Like he really is. He's a, a spur of the moment, spontaneous dreamer. Yeah. Where which is annoying to me. It's a little bit annoying to me as well. But then there there yeah. are moments where I'm just like, oh, that seems like a really like I romanticize the idea of that sure. all the time, and I'm like, oh man, wouldn't that be so much fun if like. I was a little bit more spontaneous if I wasn't like... And you had no so, responsibilities. Yeah. And you didn't have to be beholden to anything. Uh, I wasn't you so... You were a child. Yeah. <laughs> and I was a raccoon living in Canada. <laughs> and you were also a raccoon just playing the trumpet. Guys, the there, there are a lot of dots that need to get connected in order to make this work. But it, it was, it's interesting because, you know, I think that that kind of personality and that type of individual can be inspirational to another group of people. And they can also be fun to be around in very small doses but if yeah. you had if i had to, if i had to live with uh bert this episode would have lasted only one episode and it we, we've lived with bert's in the past yeah. and i'm pretty sure everybody out there has lived with bert's uh, yes. in their time or maybe you are a bert in which case i hope you have married friends who will let you into their raccoon dominium I'm, I'll, I'll, you sort yourselves out i'll even venture to say that if you are just like i i don't know a bert and i'm clearly a not bert. a bert yeah you're a fucking bert buddy you're the bert you're the bert look <sighs> around you are you living are you living in a tree with other <laughs> raccoons you're a bert <laughs> God. i i look i would like this character more if he was kind of like i can't think of a an equivalent at the moment but like Kind of a slacker, kind of maybe not even a screw up, but like just like you said, like a dreamer, somebody who's energetic, excitable, craves adventure, but who actually like did something at the end of the day. It's it's very much a uh, an ensemble cast of forest critters who get together to pull off this first adventure. We actually spend more time with the quote unquote villains of the piece, right? In this first episode, so it just didn't set it up for me where I was like, oh cool, this guy's like a hero of the story or like a really cool guy to know, and he always gets it done even if it's unconventional. It just it was a nice, complete story for me in this first one, but nobody really stood out one way or the other. Uh, are there any any other characters you want to talk about? You want to get into these sheepdogs? I mean, yeah, we had Schaefer, uh, and he had a son. Um, in in Boo. other, yeah, <laughs> it was cute. Uh, in was other cute. episodes, there are uh, there are humans. There is a park yeah, ranger. Is there a ranger? Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's a park ranger, and he has uh, he has a boy and a girl. Who are there okay. as well so they interact with a lot of woodland creatures as well and i believe that they are uh schaefer and his and his pup uh, i believe that they are uh they belong to that family oh interesting now that's yeah. weird right because yeah schaefer schaefer stands on two legs walks around like a human talks fishes all kinds of stuff fine brew does not brew the puppy does not runs around on all fours barks retrieves notes and papers and brings them to him but 
so I, I don't know is, is it just like an aging thing like if brew grows up I, I mean, I definitely uh, think it's like a like you're young and you're you're barking, and then you know overnight, then you know you you perfect. develop the ability to be able to to speak because you've been around your anthropomorphic dog dad. Uh, oh man, I remember I remember my young days when I can only bark. Yeah, you know, just I being miss those halcyon days, <laughs> just, <laughs> just just being a young pup, just you know tumbling around, doing all you could, just, t- just, just tumbling. tumbling and barking. Tumbling and Bark, and that's the name of the game. But yeah, those, mm-hmm. I, I don't know, any other characters that really stood out to you? Well, okay, so since I mentioned the kind of the villainous side, like I said, we spend more time with them. Not only uh, Cedric Sneer, or Cyr- I, I keep getting them confused. Is it Cedric or Cyril? Uh, it, it's, Cedric- it's Cyril. Cyril's the main bad guy. Yeah, Cyril's the main bad guy. Cyril's the main bad guy. Uh, he's got a, a dog as well named Snag, Yeah. Uh, who just kind of like is there for like, you know, comedic stuff. But it, it's funny. Snag's funny. Then you've got the three little pigs who technically yeah. didn't have names. They were listed as pig one, two, and three. Yep. <laughs> but they're kind of they're kind of the little jerks of the whole thing because they exaggerate their stories. They see something they don't quite understand and they blow it out of proportion, and that sets the all the, everything into motion, which is fun. It's a cool little foil for them to to be. And then you've got the bears, which in this current political climate, this was a little disconcerting for me. But uh, Cyril gathers all these like huge hulking kind of dumb grizzly bears together. And he basically forms his secret service out of yep. them. And he, we'll get into the plot in a minute, but he basically just turns them into like enforcers. Thankfully, they're very stupid and easily like outwitted, even when the heroes themselves don't do anything. Well, not but, only that, but they are, they are pitted against one another from that, the get-go. Yep. So they are, they're not put in a position where they're going to be successful. All right. of these bears are poor also... management. Yeah, poor management. And all of these bears uh, look like the animatronic bears that are in five nights at freddy's i was gonna say like a chuck e cheese yeah or yeah a, which that's that's what, what the what game was, that's what that's five Nights. Yeah, yeah that's exactly what it's it's named after that's the like exactly the banjo the playing like kind right. of terrifying animatronic it's your bear. birthday it's your birthday it's your birthday boy or girl yeah exactly so it's a uh, it's creepy and and they're all wearing trench coats too which makes them for some reason every time for i see while. animals in trench coats i'm like the hell is that pervert doing? <laughs> like, yeah, I don't it's know, always a pervert. I don't know why perverts just wear trench coats. It's always a pervert. It's, oh, Listen, it's terrible. If you if you're saying to yourself, "I wear a trench coat," and you're not a pervert, you're the you're, pervert. You're the pervert. Sorry, you're Bert the pervert. <sighs> but ladies can wear trench coats and definitely not be perverts and pull them off, and it's a fashionable look. Yeah, ladies can look great in trench coats. That's my PSA that just came out of nowhere for no reason. Yeah um let's get into the plot tonight <laughs> we've we've danced around this one and sean got to watch some bonus episodes so we want to leave time for that as well but so i mentioned that these three little pigs are three little jerks and they blow things out of proportion and they they essentially see bert and sophia hanging out playing the trumpet <laughs> under a balloon yep there you go <laughs> there it is and they they learn that there is a plan that these guys are putting together and they don't know what it is, they don't know what it's for, but they know it has something to do with their boss, Cyril. So they run home, and they basically tell Cyril, like, the raccoons are up to no good, and they've got this nefarious plan, and we gotta figure this out, and something terrible's gonna happen. And it just gets worse and worse and worse, and they just, like, exaggerate the lie. So that sets everything else in motion here. Right. So, of course, we've got kind of, we've got overreaction on one side, because Cyril's kind of terrified. And we, we are kind of introduced to him as he's just like literally just counting his money, having his son count his money and like balance his books and, and figure out the cost of a pizza pie and, you know, balance all these things. So very, I, I wouldn't even say he's like, 
I don't, you obviously get an evil vibe from him, but there's no like, it's not directed evil. It's just kind of like. He's more greed. miserly. He's miserly. He's greedy, but you don't get a sense that he's like hurt anybody or put anybody, I don't know, put anybody out of a job. I or, mean, yet. He hasn't hurt anybody yet. Yet. It's only been 30 seconds. You're sure. right. You're right. So he overreacts to it and essentially forms, forms this goon squad of bears, right, to, to investigate. Because when you want to investigate a squad of woodland tiny little raccoons, what you want to send in is roughly two dozen hulking bears <laughs> dressed as various items in a forest, like trees or bushes. Or what else were they dressed like? Uh, like one what, were was, some of the, what were some of the costumes? Well, one was actually dressed like Bert with like Bert's shirt. Yes, on terrifying. Yeah, terrifying. <laughs> These things are just so bizarre, but they were kind of funny. They were kind of funny. You know, the, no, they were hilarious. Yeah. yeah. We almost had, the, uh, we almost had uh, Sneer's dog uh, pee on the tree, and he's like, I that just had funny. that tree dry cleaned. Yeah, so. there were weird little, like he had weird little one-liners in there that some of them were just like throwaway lines. Some of them were actually pretty funny. Yeah. But as, as all this is happening, I want to give you time to talk about the opening scene. Yeah, let's do it. With our heroes before <laughs> we even get to the trumpet playing. So what's going on in that boat on the lake? So we, we have, uh, we've got our shaggy dog and we've got our two, we've got our married raccoon couple uh, and they are fishing. And that's, it just, and, and they are like, and they are catching fish. Yeah, they're and, in a boat fishing on the lake. And, and this is what's freaking me out is that, you know, obviously... Uh, there is this ecosystem that's there. there I'm hundred percent aware that this is a cartoon, but let's be honest, there's still a Wait, it's a what? It's a cartoon, but there's obviously still some type oh. of a food chain as they are building and creating in this opening moment where they are presumably they're eating other things that are in the forest. And so, you know, they look, they're not raccoons are not the apex predator, you know, within a Canadian forest. I'd actually, I'm assuming it would probably be a as bear. As far as you know. Yeah, or maybe it's what an aardvark is. Uh, I think it's a Canadian. Or oh, just a Canadian, just a moose. Yeah. Canadians are apex predators <laughs> oh, God, of love, Canada. I love that idea. And so yeah. they, they have all these things uh, that are, are kind of put together. Uh, but that just really freaked me out to just sort of see these raccoons and this dog fishing and they're just like, presumably they're just going to go home and they're going to grill up this fish and they're going to eat it later. And that, I don't know that, for some reason, that reminder of the food chain and the fact that these are anthropomorphic animals uh, freaked me out just a little bit. It was very bizarre. Yeah, and I mean, the, when you first see the lake, like there's just like ducks floating across the surface of the pond. And floating is probably the wrong word. They were probably swimming unless they were dead. But uh, yeah, you get a weird introduction that there's like, there's this weird barrier that exists between some animals and others. Right. It's like some are just like animals like you'd expect and you can eat them and whatever and then the other ones are like the hero animals that right. get to do all the walking talking playing trumpets and stuff so it's fine but like it's one of these things where we get kind of nitpicky about the rules of a cartoon right you, anything goes in cartoons but once you set certain rules in a certain cartoon we get we get frustrated when you don't follow that right and that it feels like that's what they did in raccoons not a big deal it's just one of those kind of like incongruencies that you just makes you question like what's going on here. Yeah, I, I will say the big thing for me is that watching this and knowing full well that there were going to be notes about environmentalism that were yes. in this. This made me this this immediately made me think of a couple episodes ago when we talked about Captain Planet yep. and some of the things that we had talked about uh, in that show. So there are some very subtle nods to things that are going on that are obviously uh you know related to environmentalism the thing what, what did you pick up in this one because i didn't really pick up much i think it was just the idea uh, of 
Uh, I mean, I guess it wasn't. I guess really the the second I don't think there was much in this one. Yeah, yeah, the second episode there's there's a lot more. Oh, uh, there's a lot more talk about uh, deforestation and about like building up like mini malls and condos and crap uh, uh, with Sneer sort of at the the helm. Uh, one of the other episodes that I watched uh, this evening talked about sort of uh, like gas burning, like fossil fuel burning uh, vehicles. Okay. So definitely more like on the nose. Right. So this one, you know, kind of acted just as a weird kidnap primer. Uh, and then the, yeah. yeah. And then the other ones were just sort of like, here's a little bit more environmentalism, but you know, okay. in, in the, the, the way that this I thought was very nice is that, uh, in comparison and a follow up to our captain planet conversation, speaking about the, the Gaia hypothesis and mm-hmm. which is the whole theory that, uh, that all of our, our organisms and everything on life or everything on the planet earth is self-regulating, um, and that it can be considered to be sort of like, a a a female connotation when we refer to mother earth that it can have that mother persona mm-hmm. um it's very nice to not see that kind of hit over top of the head uh it it felt very nice that a they didn't have a gaia that was sexualized in the way that we had Whoopi goldberg wearing a flowy purple robe with giant boobs that i had not seen in those episodes until it was pointed out to me by two other women so it, it was or a or a border collie who's turned into an anthropomorphic crime fighting dog that also has weirdly placed boobs <laughs> under her armor. Exactly. The road so, rovers looking at you. Uh, looking right at your paws. So it's just <laughs> it's it's a uh, so a lot of these things are just, you know, it was nice that it, it wasn't too crazy. I will say that the, the the big way that this sort of differentiates a lot from Captain Planet is the simple fact that in Captain Planet, it felt like there were definitive ways where they were like, these are the things that you can do in order mm-hmm. to help the planet and be successful. And in this yes. one, they were like, no worries, we live in Canada. And you're like, yeah. wait, we that's not a resolution. Guys, we're <laughs> like, no. yeah. we're just no, celebrating it. Yeah. yeah, there's no PSA at the end that's just like, here's right. how you can help from today's episode. It was just like, yeah, you'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah, you figure it out. Even My Little Pony locked it down better than that. Yeah. Um, here's, here's something else I didn't expect. Uh, musical that? numbers. I, are you on it? Are you, are you kidding me with numbers. this one? I had because no clue there were going to be musical numbers. This show felt like it was always two seconds away from breaking out into a musical number. Really? See, yeah. I think that's because you, I think it's because you remembered it. Oh, I Even mean, subconsciously, maybe. I think it's because you remembered it. I had no clue this was going to turn into a musical number. It did have that feel of like the, the 60s, 70s era, like kind of variety show. What was that terrible show that we oh. watched? The Monsters once. God, don't, don't, let's not, let's just not go back. Let's just not even try to remember that. Talk um, about that one. But where you have like a variety show with musical numbers that pop up. I didn't know it was coming, but there's, I guess, two musical numbers in like every episode. Yeah, I, I, it really felt like with some of the, the way that the music was scored in the back of a majority of the episodes, it sort of felt like at certain times it was building ever so slightly. And I was like, mm. are they, are they about to break into song? What? what's actually about to happen right now and then when it finally did i was like oh okay cool well why didn't it happen though on like the first couple times that they were sort of building to this this fever pitch which was a little bit weird the songs were fine yeah I, they were fine I, I liked run with us it's the one so we were talking about the bears <laughs> i sound like a crazy person sometimes we were talking about the bears dressing <laughs> up as other things to spy on raccoons in the forest and as they're doing that we get this music montage to a song called run with us now the song doesn't necessarily match up to what's going on on screen which was a little weird but it was it was cute it was like a good way to get through the montage without having to just like watch stuff and watch jokes kind of fall flat or not having dialogue to carry it through so it was fine I yeah it was all right it was, you, you, and you like you said these bears are pitted against each other so they're literally sabotaging each other 
so that they can get the best information so that they can get a shiny medal from Cyril at the end of the day. And what they end up with is pretty much nothing. Yeah, it was, I mean, I know that this was made in the, like, the mid-80s, like, early to mid-80s, and so the, the music there actually reminded me of a band that I started listening to, uh, must have been maybe, like, 10 years ago now at this point, probably longer, um, but a band called Music Go Music, which is actually a Canadian band, and oh. they kind of had a lot of the same sort of, uh, you know, kind of, kind of feel to, to the music that we saw that was in the episode tonight. It's kind of nostalgic. It's kind of, uh, it's kind of whimsical. Uh, it also kind of doesn't feel like the singer is ever like really wholeheartedly backing whatever he's doing, which, you know, is, is a style choice. Yeah. <laughs> which is always... this, this is actually where Nickelback got their start. <laughs> oh, God. On the raccoons. I'm trying to remember, remember I'm trying to remember did Nickelback they definitely did a guest appearance on the show that we were trying to remember two minutes ago called Groovy Ghoulies um they were definitely sure. on the Groovy Ghoulies uh, oh yeah 100% yeah, yeah. variety the first hour. generation Nickelback yeah <laughs> I hate everything about this <laughs> agreed god Here, okay here's another thing I didn't expect so a did not expect environmental notes which we get in later episodes b did not expect musical numbers which I guess we get in every episode C did not expect the main villain in this piece to throw his son into a dungeon. Yeah. That's a neat thing. I mean, so I, I get that Cyril, sorry, Cedric, the kid, is working with his pals, the raccoons, and he's kind of like their inside man, right? So he's working for his dad, but he's also the inside man for the raccoons, so he tries passing notes back and forth. He's not super slick with the spy business, though, because he's just straight up writing a note that says, like, it's your spy friend Cedric. I'm spying on my dad. <laughs> spy, Here's the note. Spying is still happening. Get ready it's for the spying. spying. Yep. Here's the secret message. I'm sorry uh, for the spying. Signed to Cedric. Yeah. yeah. And his dad busts him immediately. And he's like, oh, you're a spy, so you're going in the dungeon. I was like, whoa, this is pretty strong. I don't know if he was just going to be on, like, house arrest. But no, like a literal dungeon. Well, I mean, granted, the dungeon is pretty plush. Well, did you he's did you fine. hear like the final comment that he makes as he's taking no, his son? He goes, "And no color television." Oh yeah, no color television. Like, Presumably, oh. still black and white TV is fine. Yeah, but no color television. No color TV. No Nintendo Entertainment System. Oh man. Uh, so yeah, did not expect that either. But then, kind of a fun thing was, if you're if you're listening to us and being like, "What is the point of this cartoon?" I have no idea yet because nothing is actually happening. There's raccoons screwing around over here and then there's weird aardvark alien creatures that think something's going on so they're trying to figure it out over on the other side but nothing is literally happening until cedric gets dropped in the dungeon and the dog weirdly transports the note and lets lets the other guys know so now we've got a prison break scenario and this is the this is the basis of the fox show prison break oh this is where it started from. so if not wentworth miller is just like that's right this is where i get tattoos all over my body and you're like see and yes, it came from it. the raccoons let's make that's it happen how it started let's do this yeah. uh i i will say I, I like the prison break i like the prison break scene that was cool yeah yeah I, I will say that this was the moment where i did like a hard stop zach morris timeout yeah and i said to myself if they're building towards what i think they're building towards the end of this episode I'm going to be really frustrated with myself. What do you think it was? It's exactly what actually ended up happening. What? And I, I knew it was going to be some kind of switcheroo, but I didn't know yeah. what. Because I had no clue what the point of the show was. I was like, they are going to, like, you know, they, they've shown all these things. As we talked about, we had these little pigs, you know, that were screaming about these war balloons and this, like, secret plan. And gunpowder and black and, powder yeah. and explosives and, and all kinds of and stuff. So yeah. all the, and they use, they use all of these pieces 
along as a part of this caper in order to break out uh, Cedric. And Including a grappling hook, so okay. that automatically gets points. If you have a grappling hook yeah. or a jetpack in an 80s, 90s cartoon, you automatically get a point from me. Boom. Loved it. Done. So they, they have all these moments where this sort of turned into an, an Ocean's 3, yeah. uh, you know, in order to break this aardvark out for, for really no reason, because they, they, they no. plant explosives on the side of the door, to which then Cedric is just like, it wasn't locked. I mean, a, a aggressive amounts of explosives, like like huge bundles of TNT, enough to bring like to blow a mine open. This right. is just to blow hinges off of a door. <laughs> like it was aggressive. I mean, they escape all the way to the top of one of the spires yep. uh, that's in this mansion. They you suddenly to another musical number number by the right, way. Right. It was another musical montage. This was the uh, this is the one that I believe it was like. The dark must fall, leaving shadows in the night. And it's like, yeah, what is going on? Version, here? Yeah. <laughs> Look at this photograph. Oh god, I knew it was coming. <laughs> yep. So they uh, they go through this entire sequence to get at the top, and then all of a sudden, this war balloon is this war balloon. It's a oh, hot air balloon. balloon. It's just a freaking hot balloon. air balloon. Yeah. So they they get to this point where suddenly all of these things uh, have all. Uh, have all hinged on the idea of false information going back to because of those three little pigs. Because of those three little pigs to Cyril in order to act as a catalyst for this Rube Goldberg machine that they have of an episode that that is set in motion, and then it finally comes to a head. And well, I will say quick before we get to the big reveal. Hang on there, kids. Sure. One of my one of my favorite sequences, which made absolutely no sense, but it was just fun and the absurdity of this world, was them trying to get the motorcycle with the sidecar started. That was so, was so like silly. The, it was so silly, but it was fun because it was like this pig. He's like trying to get Cyril in the sidecar to get the motorcycle started. He's like, "Well, do you have the keys?" "No, I don't have the keys." So he's like, "I'll be right back." "Oh, we're out of gas." He kept doing these things. It was almost like <laughs> I don't know if you're if you're trying to take your friend somewhere for some sort of like surprise thing, but you have to like buy time, maybe. And delay them a little bit, you start making up like stupid excuses or all of a sudden forget how to function like a human being or a little pig. And you keep you come up with these delay tactics. Right. Why would why on earth would he be doing that? Oh no. I mean you know, the <laughs> you really have to wonder if if the whole idea was to target and, and put this plan in motion uh in order to complete this objective that they that we were about to reveal, which if, for anybody else listening, it should not be a super surprise for you. If it is, I'm frightened for you. Uh, it was a surprise for Cyril. Yeah, but it, it just, it really, it really becomes one of those moments where you're just like, like, this, this setup is so elaborate. For <laughs> yeah. th- this, this is the most and, elaborate and poorly set executed, and poorly executed like, the entire overly way. Overly elaborate, poorly executed, yeah. But, like, it still pays off with Dave, the big reveal that we have, that it happens to be, uh, <laughs> I wanted to say a sneer McDuck. Sneer McDuck. Sneer McDuck. Uncle, Uncle Sneer. Yeah, Uncle Sneer. It's Uncle Sneer's. Uh, it's it's his birthday. Oh, it's his birthday. It's his birthday, guys. And get so guess what? The war balloon was just to hold the fireworks that we're gonna shoot off with the black powder, I guess. Exactly. You know, and that's then, what it was. And then everything that they have that's in there, I, I, they make some comment about like you know at the very beginning about like you know it'll be it'll be something that never seen coming and like. It's this giant cake that he's thrown off of a motorcycle without wearing a helmet <laughs> crashed into, into yeah. presumably dead on cake, death by chocolate. Death so by cake. Cake or death. You got both. It's just, it's, it's like we mentioned, crazy setup, poorly executed the entire way down the line. And then it's sort I of was, an anticlimactic reveal at the end. It, it was, but it was also like sweet because it wasn't, and that's not a cake joke. It was sweet because it was <laughs> just, 
It was just, it was different. It reminded me of when we watched, what was it, the Australian, or actually it might have been the Japanese cartoon with the koalas, where they had a similar conceit, right? They were like the bullies that they were going to have the, the birthday party for, but they had to like trick them, and the bullies thought that they weren't uh, appreciated or they were never going to be friends. And then they finally brought them there and they were like, oh, surprise, it's, your, it's a birthday cake. That's what this whole thing was about, was getting all the stuff together for your birthday cake, asshole. Thanks for ruining the surprise. Happy birthday. Nah. So it was a similar thing, but it was like very, it felt very foreign because our cartoons don't do like nice things. Right. American cartoons aren't like, here's a happy ending where everybody's a friend. Like some person has to get beaten bloody and then it's like, ah, the heroes win because we're American. Yeah. So I appreciated it for that effect. Um, what I didn't like is I never got to see what was in that gift. He got a gift from his son. We never see what's you in it. You never see what's in it. He doesn't even open it. No. And the other thing, here comes the copyright law tease that I teased yeah. an hour ago. They sing the happy birthday song. Yeah. <laughs> they sing the happy birthday song in this cartoon in 1984-85. Now, that was interesting to me. I, I've been listening to a lot of uh, podcasts for another show where they had to pay the, the royalties to the tune of $2,000 to the company that owned the rights to the happy birthday song. Here's a little bit of background history. Jeez. So happy birthday to you, copyrighted 1935 by the Sumi or the Summy Corporation. That company was bought out in 1988 by Warner, either Chapel or Chappelle Music. This was after the Raccoons episode, so I think the Raccoons were probably safe singing the song in 1985 or so because it wasn't on the radar of this predatory company. Because since 1988, they've basically been like, if you're going to use this song anywhere, Every time you have to pay us royalties, they were making $2 million a year just licensing the rights to Happy Birthday right up until 2013, where somebody brought a lawsuit against them. Against them. And then in 2016, a federal judge was like, nope, you only had it for a specific tune on a piano. Everything else is in public domain. So now feel free to sing Happy Birthday. Please don't take that seriously. I'm not a lawyer. Uh, <laughs> but if you want to sing Happy Birthday now at a restaurant or whatever, you can do it without having to pay royalties to this company, as far as I know. So I mean, that, that stood out to me in a very weird way, and I thought it was interesting. I mean, the most exciting thing about today's episode is that we are going to conclude today's episode by, by singing getting happy, our legal degrees. And singing happy birthday to Bert. Can't wait. It's, it's going to be great. It'll be great. Oh, and, and if, if you're wondering, like, I thought Bert was the main guy. Why do we not talk about him at all? He didn't do anything this entire episode. He threw a grappling hook. That was it. I mean, he complained about, you know, the, the one moment where he was just like, uh, he was nervous about scaling the wall with this grappling hook. Mm -hmm. uh, the musical so, montage got him through. Yeah, and the musical montage got him through. And Sophia, her kind words of just yeah, like... I guess. Whatever, Sophia. Like, you two-time an aardvark. I'm Zoe Deschanel, and I'm an aardvark. <laughs> yep. And now I hope every time you see Zoe Deschanel, you substitute Sophia Tutu in for it. This is going to happen, people. This is what I want in your brains. Happen. Yep, it's going to happen. Oh, hey, buddy, man. you got to watch a couple bonus episodes, so anything interesting stand out from those two? I said the, the whole concept of environmentalism obviously takes a little bit more of a, a bigger note. Um, mm -hmm. they, they have this moment where in the other episode uh, that I watched for tonight, uh, I'm blanking on the, the title. Uh, yeah, but one was Evergreen Grand Prix. Right. So uh, I, I, I watched was... uh, Opportunity Knocks. Right. It uh, was the second episode that I watched for tonight. And this is when you get the reveal that there's actually a park ranger who mm. Schaefer is a part of the family. And this park ranger gets a promotion 
and he decides that he is going to uh, begin the process of moving into the city. And he's got two young kids, and the whole idea of like, hey, I can, I can, they can continue their their tutelage there. There's so much culture and and entertainment, and there's things that they can be exposed to that they're not going to get here in the forest. And like, let's go do this because this will be this will be great for our family. And so Schaefer and his son and little pup are they're getting ready to leave. They're getting ready uh. to move out. Same now we time. should mention this was one of the, this was the top rated episode from IMDb. Right, it's one of the reasons we put it on our list. Yeah. Uh, so at the same time, though, we find that Ralph, uh, Melissa gets a letter for Ralph uh, that he Ralph finds out that uh, lo and behold he gets a job as an editor of a newspaper in the city. What is happening? In I know, show? I know, dude. And so like they they're sitting there and they're just like, oh man, like. I mean, it's a great opportunity, and I guess I have to take it. And and Melissa, I guess I believe is she's a photographer, and she does a lot of photography in the show. Of course, she is. Of course. And so she's like, well, you know what? I can move there, and I can open up. I can I can continue taking photos, and I can I can take my job anywhere. But like, I want to be there for Ralph because this is a huge thing. And so Bert tries to fool everybody in the book uh, by like saying that they can't go, or like injuring himself, or saying that what he's come dick. he's come down with like an illness that requires people to remain where they are in his life and so Man, you're really not you're really not pumping up stats of Bert. Here. i'm not ingratiating this character in any way shape or form nor should i because he's yeah. kind of a jerk and all the time that this is happening and that this is going on uh this is all getting back uh to cyril to cyril sneer and hmm. he finds out that uh that the raccoons are going to be leaving and so in his brain he's just like if they leave nobody's here to defend the forest anymore right. which i'll Except be honest David with you the gnome and the lorax exactly and so in my brain i'm just like wait when did raccoons become i almost said guardians of the galaxy uh, basically ooh, yeah but essentially combine groot and rocket there into yeah into one and so i was like when did these raccoons become the guardians of this forest and why is yeah. it solely their responsibility and it hinges upon them obviously it's a cartoon logic guys and so they they go down this rabbit hole of just like, well, the second they leave out, I'm going to cut down all these trees and I'm going to put up mini malls and condos and oh, okay. uh, we're going to put all this other crap in there. And so what happens is they decide to create their own newspaper for the forest. I know what you're thinking. Where did they get a printing press? It was on Craigslist. Actually, that was my, my follow-up question to that. Thank you for answering that one. But my follow-up question is, where are they getting the paper? Uh, presumably from their house. They probably just shaved just off parts shaving, of their house. Shaving the interior <laughs> they were down. Like, they were like, this is going to be worth it, guys. Just cut off a little bit of this homestead. So they, In order to save the forest, we must first cut the forest down, turn it <laughs> into paper for our own newspaper about saving the forest. Sean was sick, but in order to cure himself, he had to kill himself. What? It, it, it was... I mean, it, you're right. It's confusing forest logic because at the same time, like they're wasting tons and tons of paper making these things. But at the same time, they're providing an informative service to the rest of the denizens of this glade. So cool for them. Ooh, a glade. A glade. And so they, uh, they go through this, this whole process of being able to run this smear campaign, which in this day and age, obviously, with this current political climate, I was just like, I'm waiting for Cyril to just be like, fake news, fake news, you know, the yeah. entire time. But as it turns out, uh, and you find out the big reveal at the end, that uh, despite the fact that nobody's leaving, and so Cyril has decided not to go forward with his plans, uh, but he turns out 
to be a huge fan of the newspaper himself because oh, it because like it, it because it talks about him. I mean, it essentially talks shit about him, but he's but at like, least he's getting press. Yeah, yeah, but he's, he's a, but it's a guilty pleasure for him, so he loves doing it. So, but yeah, that was the other episode. See, that that sounds way more interesting than the thing that we watched, which I thought was quaint and it was fine, but it just didn't. Nothing about it was like, man, I can't wait to watch another episode. I, the I'm, one I'm, you talked about sounds a little more involved and yeah, mature at least but i've been the same way about this whole cartoon is that uh you mm-hmm. know when i finally got to the third episode that we had uh that we we found online evergreen grand prix yeah evergreen grand prix i began watching it and i was like I, no lie i was three minutes into it and i just closed my laptop and i just went yeah you know what i'm done i'm good i will that i will good. say i felt i felt every second of the 24 minutes and 26 seconds of that first episode like I, it just i i just felt the gravity of every second. I mean, and I, that, that doesn't mean I didn't enjoy it. I just like I was marking time. Yeah. As I was oh watching. yeah, yeah. I mean, I was I was looking around the room like, yeah. mm, is there like a chore or an errand that I could run right now, <laughs> or like, can I can I put together a to do list? Like this this is fun stuff. If I was a child, it's just very hard because as an yeah. adult, some of this stuff just isn't holding up for me. So. Our attention span is much shorter oh. as we've aged. Well, I mean, not only, really not only that, but uh, like very, very clearly in the, in the same vein that we have a lot of these cartoons that are on Adult Swim that do the, the 10 minute yeah. segments. 10, 12 this, chunks. This, yep. this was a 10, 12 chunk at its finest. There is so much fat that's in this cartoon that could have been trimmed down completely to make this something that was much more interesting, digestible, and they still could have preserved all of the critical elements of it, but they just didn't. They were like, hey, you know what? Let's just put in two songs by somebody who is wistfully, you know, chirping away like Lana Del Rey. Like, it's just okay. It's just, it's I, fine. I think that was just the product of the time because, like, yeah. everything was a, a 23 minute cartoon at the time. So that's just how you did it. But as you guys know, we have our opinions, but listeners out there, especially our Canadian listeners, you have opinions of your own. So we're going to read some of them right now. Right. Dave, this is our love it, hate it section. I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to share the love tonight. I yeah. like that. Get that love, buddy. I like that. This is from Zartok35 from Saskatoon. I'm not even making that up. I picked this because you're from Saskatoon. <laughs> you titled it A Part of Our Canadian Heritage. It's from uh, August of 2006. First of all, I must say that I love this show. I have since I was three. Wow. And I always will. Being born in 1992, I got to see the best of late 1980s television, and this just happened to be one of those shows. My mother says that I rarely watch the raccoons, or the raccoons, but I can very well recall seeing many episodes. The Evergreen Grand Prix and Blast from the Past come to mind. Another thing I really like about this show is the fact that they made their own music and songs. 98% of all episodes featured a very well-done musical number. The theme song is very good as well, having an original sound. The raccoons was the first TV series produced entirely within Canada, and managed a successful six-year run from 85 to 91. All Canadians should be proud. I sure am. The last time I managed to see the raccoons on national television would have been in July 2002, around 7.30 a.m. Very specific. Very specific. Very specific or so on APTN. Since then, I haven't seen it anywhere since then. I now own both DVD box sets, and they were both worthy investments. These are investments, guys. Recommended. 10 out of 10. Saskatoon. Uh, Saskatoon. They are going to go up in value like crazy. I, I will say I don't invest in much, but I do have uh, all available DVD box sets of the raccoons currently oh. in a warehouse. Yep. I keep Better mine in gold. my mattress. Nice. Yeah. Lumpy, but good. Fair. All right. So let's go on to our, our lesser love it. And we have uh, Ian. This is, this is from Lyle. Yeah. 
We have uh, we have Ian twelve eleven is from West Hove, England, back in two thousand six, and I, I'm gonna work. Bear with me, everybody, on this. So uh, with some spelling, I'm gonna try to read this verbatim. It says it. a slice of powerful nostalgia. 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 Uh, I liked this series when I was around 10 years old. It was good, but it wasn't my favorite. I have to admit the show certainly had a moment, but it couldn't outdo other shows currently showing during that period. But it certainly does bring some fond memories. It had, it had to remember what the story was about, but I was about forest creatures, I presume. The animation wasn't state-of-the-art, but the voices were well done. I thought... I thought that Run With Us end credit song was slightly unnecessary, which dragged the production down, but other than that, it was good. Wouldn't, wouldn't be that fuss to bring it back to terrestrial television, though, because I prefer some other shows to this. Six out of ten, and one out of ten in terms of proofreading. Ian, bruv, get it together. Yeah, bud. I mean, it's cool. I think there might be some, like, being serious like dyslexia going on because he kind of switched some eyes and it's and stuff around or i mean it's, it's it this was just a just a drunk uh raccoons binge watch and, yeah. and post on imdb back in 2006 guys what if we're being do? if we're being tough on you we're just trying to portray an, uh, an accurate representation of how terrible you are at being able to double check shit so yeah. <laughs> it's a bad one it's a bad one uh okay buddy what about you so for our recommendations do you recommend it and if not does it get the dip, meaning that it is erased from all existence for all time? God, this was hard. I really wanted to pose the question at the beginning of this show that I wanted mm-hmm. you to really sell me on it because I was on the fence. The more and more that I've talked about this, and for some of the reasons, the aforementioned reasons that I've talked about in terms of trimming the fat on the show, uh, you know, the, some of the, you know, as we mentioned with some of our, our lovets, you know, the, the fact that some of this music was unnecessary uh, the drive or the motivation behind some of the things that were happening and just sort of the, the crazy ideas that sort of set up these episodes. I, I'm actually not going to recommend this show. But I am, about the, but about I'm not, the but I'm not going to give it the dip. And why are you saving it from the dip? Uh, I think that there's enough cultural significance. And, and I, you know, I, I'm not from Canada, and this wasn't something that was there. I thought that the right. show was done well enough uh, you know, we, we've obviously talked a lot about the aardvark character design, which is a little bit wonky to us, but everything else that was in here was pretty interesting. And for all of the things that we've said about the crooked nose for a lot of the character design, it's still very, very unique. And I don't think yeah. I've really seen it anywhere else. So I think there are a lot of very interesting aspects to this show. I just think that for the, the two and a half episodes that I watched for tonight, it, it just really didn't do anything either to sell me on the environmental aspect of what they were doing. Um, and it really didn't kind of sell me on being ingratiated with characters like Bert. I, yeah, I think we're on the, I think we're on the same page. Um, it wasn't enough in this first episode to really get me invested in anything. I didn't even really want to see the next one. The fact that you watched the highest rated episode and we're like, it's okay. Eh, eh. Doesn't, doesn't really speak high praise. So, I'm not going to recommend it, but I don't think it's dip worthy. Yeah. I think it's fine. And I'm sure a lot of people out there who grew up with this have like fond memories of it. And it's one of their favorites and that's totally fine. And if it is, let us know in the comments, uh, especially if you have an episode that's your particular favorite and you want us to watch, we'll check it out and, and watch that as well. Uh, but for me, I don't know. It was just kind of middle of the road. It was fine. That's yeah. my, my hearty non-recommendation. Oof. It was fine. The Man. raccoons. 
God. Plus, it confuses my brain between raccoons and raccoons. So now I don't know what to do. <laughs> I never, I never thought in a million years that that would be the word that I would have trouble pronouncing until tonight's episode. Well, oh, we'll never have to talk boy. about it again. But we will talk about more Canadian cartoons the rest of this month. But in between now and then, Sean, buddy, what do you got going on over the next couple of weeks, you busy beaver? Uh, hey guys, as always, I do live improv comedy in Washington, D.C. with a group that is called Knox. That's N-O-X exclamation point. We perform with Washington Improv Theater. You can check out shows, times, tickets at witdc.org. Uh, I also am producing a festival that I believe the time that this comes out, it will be happening a couple days from now. So please go and check out, if you're in the area, districtimprov.org. Uh, it is an international festival, and it's international because we have Canadians that are coming to Nice. <laughs> yeah, I know. That. Yeah, we have, uh, we have Regicide and Tucson from Canada, who are two. Not only are they fantastic to watch, but they are amazing people as well. And so if you are in the area, uh, districtimprov.org, uh, we have tons and tons of discounted tickets uh, because thankfully we're a nonprofit and we're sponsored by Arts and Humanities. So nice. we, get, we get that money. Um, but yeah, uh, other than that, guys, I'm always on the chirps and also the grams. I'm trying something new. Don't fucking chirp. Don't fucking judge me, buddy. Don't say chirps because we could make a new app called a chirp and it could be worth billions. I think there's already something called Damn chirp. it, of course there's yeah, a chirp. Yeah, sure. Uh, I'm, as always, I'm on uh, Twitter and Instagram at Sean Paul Ellis. And really quick, I want to give, uh, give a shout out um, to somebody who has, uh, who has been tweeting at us lately. Uh, it's uh, the crazy shit she say um, for asking us a lot of great questions on Twitter, buddy. Really appreciate it, man. I hope that uh, had a great question about who would you pick as a space based hero, Duck Dodgers or Bucky O'Hare? Ooh, I missed that one. That's and, a really good one. And guys, I'm always gonna side with Chuck Jones, so that should pretty Whoa. much tell you. That's pretty much tell you. I, I go Bucky O'Hare. Oh, really? We gonna fight? Oh, uh, we gonna fight? But can I get a can I get a shout out in? I got two. Yeah, do it, buddy. One goes out to Jack Connolly who just upped his Patreon subscription up, value. Buddy. Thank so you, thanks, man. buddy. We got to give you a shout out because uh, you you friggin' paid for it. So there it is. <laughs> uh, no, we appreciate it. Jack's been hanging out with us for a long time. Long time listener. Yeah. Um, great conversation. So keep it up, Jack. Uh, also got a shout out to our longtime friend Bobby Anthem who wants me to find out whether or not Red Bull is flammable. So I'm gonna do that. And then if you don't hear back from me, it's probably because it went terribly wrong. So thanks, Bobby, uh, in uh, advance. <laughs> I can't. I love the fact that this just turned into like a MythBusters podcast. Yeah, this it is just, perfect. Just, yeah. <laughs> what R. happened R. to Dave? Dave? I don't know. Uh, Myth busted, I guess. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so you can find out whether or not I die from setting Red Bull on fire by following me on Twitter <laughs> at DrClawMD. You can also find me on Collider.com, Nerdist.com, and DaveTrumbor.com. For more on Saturday morning cartoons, check out the aforementioned Patreon page, patreon.com slash Saturday Morning Cartoons. Remember, that's morning with a U. You can also check out our website, SaturdayMorningCartoons.com. Find us on Twitter at MorningTunes. Check out Sean's handiwork on our Instagram page. Keep the conversation going on Facebook. And listen to our free audio podcast each and every week through YouTube, iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. As always, especially Canadians this month, if you want to send us an email, feel free to do so. SaturdayMorningCartoons at gmail.com. That's going to wrap it up for this week. Say bye to the raccoons. But we're going to continue with Canadian Cartoon Month. Uh, for the next couple of weeks here. So let's, yeah. let's see what we got. Thank you guys so much for listening. We will see you next time. Eh? Hey, everybody. Thanks a lot for listening to Saturday Morning Cartoons. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have to transform and roll out. <laughs>